This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome back to the Sadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwanga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Uh, hanging in there, man. How are you? Very well, thanks. Roll necked up. Got the hoodie on. You got a roll neck and a hoodie? Yes, I do. Double what? that. Uh, is it cold in your apartment? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, well, it's getting a bit colder in Berlin. So what is it? It's like, it went out to six, didn't it? Five, six degrees. Oh, come on, don't do this. The Canadians are just like, that's a heat wave. A speedo weather. <laughs> Canadians are... Canadians assemble. Just <laughs> don't do it. Canadian intensifies. <laughs> when you start taking over the study emails, you can talk about Canada all you want and the temperature. You can do it all you want, but please. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't even a shot, to be honest. That yeah, but it, it, you, come on. They'll feel summoned. They'll feel summoned. All of the Canadian study listeners haven't even listened to the podcast yet, but they've just they've just all gone. Hang on a minute. I just heard something. Did something happen? We're <laughs> just talking about the temperature again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Champions League's back. It is. It is. Cold comfort for some of the teams in the tournament has to be said. Ooh, Cold comfort. Look at that. Segway. Look yeah, at listen, that. Containing multitudes. Today we're going to talk Champions League and we might we be uh, we might be pretty pretty brief today because uh, four games to get through for, for the first half of the first legs of the round of 16. There were some mm. uh, pretty tasty results. There were. Oh, we have to be uh, all doom and gloom, and I think we have to start in Rome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's start there. Or do you want or to start elsewhere? To... No, no, let's start in Rome because I think this result, so Lazio won Bayern Munich nil. Bayern Munich ending up with uh, 10 men after Opamecano was sent off for penalty that led to Chiro Mobili's winner on about 70 minute mark. And crisis time mm. for Bayern Munich. Leroy Sané has now not scored for 17 games. I think they're stretching back to October which is an awful, awful record. Mm. Um, he's really been struggling. Bayern gave some hope. There was some fluency in this, but overall, if you look at the, the XG, Didn't another bad, bad night for them. Yeah. They really struggled. And I just, 
there was talk actually, we were talking in the chat about like, um, you know, one of our esteemed colleagues in the chat was like, ah, oh, should they sack Tuchel? The thing is, the mess goes so far beyond that. Yeah, no, I think Tuchel's not that the I think problem, that doing, no, no. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. The sad thing, the concerning thing for Bayern is, even though we saw an improved performance from what they produced against Leverkusen, which frankly wasn't so that difficult, even though we saw an improved performance, they still didn't pull this out. Now, actually, weird enough, I still back them to go through, funnily enough. Bayern, because yeah, yeah. I thought there was enough, I thought there was enough positive um, output in this game to give them hope at home. And Lazio are traditionally strong at home as well. Let's give Lazio credit. Lazio are a force at home in recent months. So that wasn't an easy endeavour. And I actually think a draw and a good result should have probably taken the lead and clinched a win with the Musiala effort in the first half, which was a spectacular passing move, by the way, from Bayern. Mm -hmm. So there's some positive signs for them. But again, a failed to generate a quality of chance. How did you find the game? Yeah, I think Bayern's overall play was good. Um, they had a number of shots, just not many great shots. But I think even with, mm. you know, Harry Kane had that one in the first half, which he probably should have scored, even though it wasn't an amazingly clear-cut chance. But for him, that's a good chance. Um, the mm. Leroy Zane free kick was inches wide um, mm. and well worked. Nice routine, actually, as well. It was nice a lovely routine, routine yeah. yeah. There were chances. The, sh the no shots on target is the, the big, big, big concern. And uh, I've got some stats, mm. if you want some stats, courtesy of yes, the good people at Opta. Um, it's the first time Bayern have failed to score in two consecutive games in all competitions for the first time since May 2015 when they went three successive games without a goal under Pep Guardiola wild under Pep that's so funny yeah. I love stats like that uh, Bayern's first defeat to an Italian side in the Champions League since March 2011 against Inter and uh, you mentioned Lazio's home record it was the third consecutive home game that they won in the Champions League it's only the second time they've ever done that mm. uh, the, the, the previous time was March to September 2000 and they've won it's three a in a row on yeah. home soil while also keeping a clean sheet for the first time in the competition so it was quite like you know it was quite momentous for Lazio as well but I mean and they got it through, yeah. through from, from a penalty mm. Bayern lined up a little bit more traditionally how you'd expect them to. They went to a back four. Guerrero came in at left back. Kim, Upamakano, Masrawi. Goretzka, Kimmich in midfield as a, as a holding two. Musiala, Muller came in. Leroy Zane out wide. And then uh, Harry Kane up top. Again, Harry Kane didn't have a huge amount of service. But I think mm. that performance-wise, Bayern were a little bit better. It looked like they had a few more ideas, were kind of a little bit more penetrating. But again, just that final, final execution, which I think will, is more encouraging than if they had another performance like the one against Leverkusen. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. I think yeah. they will be pretty calm going into that second leg. And also, you know, they played the last 20-odd minutes with 10 men. They conceded to a penalty. You know, Upamakano got sent off. Um, and it was weird actually because at first it didn't even look like there'd been a foul but on the replay obviously it showed showed that I actually thought I just get it and I, I don't like it for Apamecano because he's had a horrible couple of games you know mm. really difficult time against Leverkusen um, out on the you know out on the right flank effectively in that back three and it got got the run around and then has had this match and it's just Apamecano has this awful thing where he goes on a really, really good run of form, but then 
he plays in these high profile games and everyone's paying attention. And it's just that his worst moments, you know, whether they're decisions against him that feel harsh or subpar performances, and he goes into the spotlight and he doesn't get the credit for the run of good form he's been on at times. It's just hard for him. He's never really, I think, I, I, don't, I don't feel that Pamukkanu has ever fully claimed that spot as, if you think what he emerged as, I don't think he's ever had the run of form where he's been unassailably the guy. Do you know what's really interesting, I, actually, I just, just to cut in, sorry, is that you remember when Kanate emerged at Leipzig and everyone was like, this yeah. guy is unbelievable. And, um, mm. you know, Arsenal were heavily rumoured with him in, what, 2018? I think it was. Mm. Yeah. And then Upamakano had kind of come along as well. Kanate got that serious injury and Upamakano mm. kind of seemed to overtake him in terms of rep yeah, and pecking did. order. Yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. And what I think you're actually seeing now is a, a bit more of a normalization of where they those of that that early potential in terms of I what they right. what they yeah. both burst onto the scene mm. with but also from a Upamecano's point of view is that he struggled a little bit when he went to Bayern because i think mm. that is that can be tricky to make that move you know it's a really high profile yeah. club but he was there with Julian Nagelsmann and Nagelsmann knew him very well and he did start to put together some form i think since Nagelsmann has left he's really struggled for form and fitness consistently and that's been tricky but for that's him. That's a really good shout, Nagelsmann, because Nagelsmann yeah. understood exactly how to use him. Yeah. And actually, to his credit and to Nagelsmann's credit, the Nagelsmann Bayern looked brilliant when it went through Pamakano. It looked brilliant. Like, and that's why I feel sad about that, because I look at this Champions League team, I look at this Bayern, I just think Nagelsmann should still be there. Well, yeah, he, he should, should be. Still be. Yeah, there. I mean, he should be. I yeah. think that. But I, no, look, that's, that's, not, that's not a knock on Tuckle. It's not a knock on no, Tuckle. No, it's it's not. no, it's not at all. Like, and I, don't, I think firing Tuckle yeah. at the moment would be just a really, really bad yeah. idea because there's a lot of shifting yeah. behind the scenes. We mentioned it last week. I don't want to go too much into Bayern now because we did a big bit about the, the game against Leverkusen on the weekend. But they need to settle down at executive level first before they start making any drastic shifts again at managerial level because mm. I think they you know, who is available at the moment to come into Bayern? I know that Jabby Alonso's, Jabby Alonso might be a shout at the end of the season, former Bayern player, but I think if he, he's too I, smart. To I think that. he seems, yeah, he seems, yes. he seems a little bit, I think he's probably looked at, we've talked about this as well, but he's looked at some of those younger managers making big moves, maybe early on in their career. And he's held back from doing that once before when he, you know, went to do the Real Sociedad B team. I mean, we don't know what's going on inside anyone's head, but I would be surprised if he makes that move so soon. Because again, it's not really like, there isn't a huge amount of like development there. There's not, you're expected, the problem, you're expected to win everything. Yeah. And if you don't, then you're this kind is the of... Problem under, taking, like, yeah. problem with taking that job and the problem with moving there as a player is exactly that. There is not much upside in mm. terms of you're there to maintain a winning poise. And I think that wears on players. I mm. think there is an element of staleness that sets in because your achievements aren't celebrated. No one's going to be like, wow, amazing, you got a 12th in a row. You know, and yeah. the thing about this Bayern team, I'm, I will say this in their defence, I really like this lineup. I think it's the best buy available collection of Bayern players. This 43 the ones that one is the best the configuration. Moment, maybe. Yeah, the one, the one they picked, the, the team that they picked, that the Tuchel picked last night, is, I, I, I think that is the best available uh, Bayern selection in the right configuration. And I, I, like, I would have liked to see it against Leverkusen, actually. I think it asks enough of the questions of a Leverkusen team that it should have been given a chance. And that's why I'm still quite bullish about them going through in the second leg, because I think that the quality is there. 
and you know one or two better bits of finishing in the first half and they come away with something mm. yeah but Lazio are good value for it yeah they are absolutely yeah. and can I just say as well while we're praising Lazio just quickly Renduz and Cataldi in particular that effort they put in yeah that's some old school defensive midfield heft right there they were really really impressive and I thought his excellent too was superb I thought his movement was great link up very enterprising broke well on the counter good strength good technique I was really impressed by him, actually. So, yeah, another player to, um, to watch out. And still only 22. Another yeah. player. And should we go to Paris? Let's do it. PSG beating Real Sociedad 2-0. Oh, Real Sociedad. Mm. Oh. They put together some really good stuff, actually, in the first half in particular. They looked really good. Kubo and Andre Silva were the pick, I think. They were at it. They were after it. They were playing some really nice triangles down the right flank. It went to halftime at nil-nil. And you saw Mbappe's face when he came off at halftime. He was absolutely steaming. Yeah. And like, Marino, I mean, Marino had a chance, that one chance. That, did did Marino hit the bar? Ripped it the off one, the bar. Yeah, it was yeah. the one that hit the bar. Right um, on halftime. Um, yeah. But they, they created some decent stuff in that first half, I thought, Real Sociedad. And it looked Really like, good stuff, yeah. We, we'd said looking ahead that if they could keep a, if they could keep it, if they could hold on to a draw there and go back, that mm. would be amazing for them. And I actually, even though the 2 0 scoreline might make it look like it was quite comfortable for, for PSG, and you know, the stats break it down, wasn't. you no, know, possession wise, they had more of the ball, more XG, more shots on target, more big chances, all that kind of stuff. But actually, there was quite an open flow to the game. Real Sociedad were in the game. It's just a shame they couldn't, couldn't get on the score sheet. Kubo gave Berardo a very, very hard time mm. throughout this game. And I thought Fabian Ruiz was outstanding. I think very good, yeah. He stood between. He's the between uh, PSG and defeat, I think, in that first half. Yeah, Extremely I know Mbappe got player of the match, but I thought... Yeah. No, I, see, I think that was generous. I think that the connoisseur's choice, I think, was Fabian Ruiz, you know. Listen, listen, the real heads. The real heads, no, but... I think, you know, you look at how PSG emerged in this game. Individual brilliance from Barcola. Gorgeous goal, which we'll get to in a sec. But Mbappe really turned it on. That finish that he got... Mm. It's so funny. All this talk of, oh, I'm not a centre-forward. Come on, the most centre-forward finish you'll see like in a long time. I the think he's a modern day centre forward though. He can't Absolutely, play there. He is. Just like, give, him, yeah. give him the entire front line. I think Mbappe's thing about not being a centre forward is slightly overstated because I've had a conversation about where he starts his run. But he can dominate that entire final third as long as he starts on the left and mm. just cuts. And you saw that moment that was like a 20 minute period in the second half when he scores that brilliant um, near, uh, near post finish from like four yards up, the anticipation to move on to it and rip it to the top corner, but then hits the bar. It's a brilliant save, actually, I think, from Romero. Yeah, oh my God, such a good save. Yeah, Mbappe does that thing where he just, he does that thing where he kind of just like explodes for like 20 minutes at a time yeah. and takes away, takes a game away from you. And then Barkola cutting off the flank. I know I've used the Badger comparison before, but it felt very much like a Badger type dribble in off the flank. And he threatened to do it actually about 15 minutes earlier. So there was a foreshadowing. I love how like, I love how wingers always like give you a taste of what they're going to do later. So Barcola and Mbappe were two brilliant moments um, of individual opportunities and skill. So individual opportunism and skill. But beyond that, I thought that in terms of the quality of chance, I thought Real Sociedad actually created a greater quality of opportunity. So the Take Kubo cross for the, I think Andre Silva header wide in the first half, the Marino shot off the bar, and just the way that they were constructing chances primarily down that flank, but also down the right flank, that is. But every now and again, switching play quite intelligently, 
and making PSG answer difficult questions. I thought 2-0 was a bit harsh, actually, as yeah. a result. Even with, like, Colin Moranio was scoring the late third. That would have been, that would have felt very harsh, harsh actually. Dude, it, to, yeah. to be honest, 2-0 felt harsh, actually, with the balance of the yeah. game as it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, goes without saying, Real Sociedad missing some very, very key players mm. and still kind of being able to semi kind of hang. Still hanging, yeah. You know, yeah. with Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, with Real Madrid, with PSG. Sorry. Uh, Mbappe's future club. <laughs> I will say respect, respect to PSG because you know what? This team, not at their best, still got a 2-0. And kind of, there was an impressive control they exerted when it, when it mattered. They claimed it. I will say that if we're being slightly critical, I would say that Ousmane Dembele and Mbappe ran into slightly too much traffic in the first half. There is always that element when you play in Liga, you think you can beat the third man in the dribble, but you actually can't. Yeah. Like those gaps, and you could see it, you could see it a bit with Mbappe and, and Dembele where it's like, no, they're a bit too cute at this level to do that. Um, part of that hero ball approach is understandable because it's the urge to make something happen. But I think this PSG has another gear actually, and that's to their credit. They've got something more. And, you know, one of the more, we've said this before, the PSG, like under Luis Enrique and with Campos there, it's just a better balanced side than we've seen. I've actually been quite impressed with them this season compared to Mm. what that early season form looked like. Mm. They look like a real team. I really like that midfield. Zaya Emery, Ruiz and Vitinha. That's... Yeah. And Dembele and Bappe Barcola up front. I think it's just a great... That's a great six. Yeah. Um, Julian Laurent said that Mbappe will leave the club. Mm. Will leave the club or go to Real Madrid? Oh, he said leave the club at the end of the season when he's a free agent. Oh my God. I mean, just tantric transfer. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, right? If next week we all of a sudden saw that uh, Mbappe had signed a one-year extension, would it surprise you? Not at all. No, me neither. No, it wouldn't actually. No. Not at all. But speaking about Mbappe, quickly before we move on, because we've got to give him a bit of love. He became mm. the second highest Goal score, uh, Champions League goal scorer under the age of 25. So he overtook, he overtook Raul. Um, no, not the, sorry, he's not the second highest Champions League goal scorer ever while being under 25. Goal scorers under the age of 25. So Messi was top. Uh, Mbappe's second just overtook Raul. He's got 44 goals. Unbelievable. Yeah, so goals before the it's age of 25. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know, can I say this to Mbappe? There's all that talk about being in, P- being in um, a PSG and not having his sharpness. And he also had like a difficulty. There was one season in the Champions League he really struggled mm. to score. To maintain the level he has, the competitive level, is, is remarkable. Mm. It's, abs- it's going to be so difficult to assess his legacy when he retires because he played so long in France and there'll be those questions about how stiff was the opposition week in, week out. But his track record in the Champions League and in the World Cup is beyond, it's pretty much beyond criticism or approach at this point, with the exception of that one bad season. Which, which season League, though? Because like, because his goal record in the Champions without... League is actually quite interesting. So let me just go, let me just backtrack yeah. because it was mm. uh, six goals in nine games for Monaco. Hmm. Then first season at PSG was four goals in eight 
with three assists. Mm. Uh, following season, four goals in eight again. I suppose for Mbappe, four in eight, you'd be like, mm. you know, it was, it was the year he it was, the, it was the year they went to the final and he didn't quite click. Do you remember when Van Persie went 10. to the World Cup final in 2010? Mm. When Van Persie went to the World Cup final in 2010 and it never quite clicked for him. And he was always on the verge of like going on a scoring and it never quite happened. And Mbappe kind of had a similar moment. Was it in the knockout stages? The I can't remember that. Yeah, he, he, yes, exactly. He never quite, he never quite ascended. And you felt like, oh, this is strange. Like Mbappe normally ascends by now, but it didn't quite work for him. It was one of those. It was one of those. It happens to them now. I mean, it happens to everyone. It happens to every, mm. you know, every elite striker has that tournament or that run of games where they don't quite get their, their eye in. But in terms of his record in Champions League and, and the World Cup, I mean, it's, you know, it's, he's up there with Pelé, isn't he? In terms of like, you know, in terms of international He's like a Ronaldo Pele hybrid, really. He's just permanent brilliant. Mm. Um, but yeah, congratulations to him. That's a hell of a lot of goals. Erling Haaland is obviously sniffing around um, with a high goal tally of his own, and he's hard on Mbappe's heels. And yeah, yeah, that's it. I think Haaland has got more goals. Was Pep saying that? Or Her- Haaland's got more goals than Messi or Ronaldo had at that age. Erling Haaland. Am I right? <laughs> There That's my is. Thomas uh, Thomas Muller impression. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Uh, speaking of Erling Haaland, should we talk about Man City? Yes, yes. Uh, winning three one, even though he didn't score. Winning three one away at Copenhagen, uh, getting pegged back one all mm. uh, after Kevin De Bruyne took the lead, um, and uh, Magnus Matson equalised for Copenhagen. Ripped it from a distance. Ripped it. Yeah. Feels a bit. Weird kind of analysing this game because Manchester City was so dominant and mm. could have had more. They had 79% possession, 3.44 xG to 0.26. And this is the thing about Matson's goal was that it, it was such a, such a, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Edison just decided to mm. kind of, I don't know, maybe he got Experimental. bored. Maybe he just got bored. Maybe just like, he wanted it, to looked feel like some, it looked like it, didn't it? Edison yeah. with a class example of the action is the juice. Just being like, yes. <laughs> do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna actually maybe there's a maybe there's a maybe there's an essay in there where actually the slightly um, antagonistic nature of goalkeepers when things are going too well at elite clubs they kind of just want a bit of action so they're like actually this isn't oh, anything totally. to, this isn't anything to do with uh, just hit it long. I, my pass completion was 100% because that was the person that I wanted to pass to just because I wanted to feel something for a little bit. Yes, that's the pass. I want. Look, honestly, like you, it's, you had it when rappers, back in the era of skits on albums, rappers putting a skit on an album just to break it up. Yeah, like, you know, bar chorus, bar chorus, but sometimes actually just throw in a, throw in a random story, you know, switch it up. And I think that's what Edison was doing. I think he threw in a skit. I just think you're, you're sitting at the back of one of the best defences of all time a team that's going for a second straight treble and you're cruising, the trophy cabinet's full, the bank account's full and you just want to, ah. Oh. Do you think it's like when Doom switched between aliases, right? So would Doom would have of like another one of his aliases. That was King Ghidorah. Yeah, all of a sudden Edison's <laughs> just like, King Ghidorah, take me to your leader. Here's the bull. Copenhagen, <laughs> let's kind of go. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was actually, no, it's that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden after What's the goal song? goes in, you just hear him snap back to Doom. All capitals. He's like, right now I'm back. <laughs> back. I'm back. <laughs> 
Edison, all caps. Josh, mad villainy for the rest of the game. That's it. <laughs> MF City. You know, what I would say about, um, what I say about Man City with this, what I said about Man City with this game, I saw, because I was watching the other game, I was watching, for my sins, RB Leipzig, Real Madrid, which I was really intrigued by, by the way. Yes. We're and when I saw the goal flash up for Copenhagen, I was tempted to jump across, but I thought, no, no. Right, that's how they get you. That, 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 that game is basically, that's an avalanche, which has been briefly interrupted. Wasn't fooled, wasn't fooled at all. No, I, we've been around too long for that. Yeah. Bernardo Silva scored on the stroke of half time to make it 2-1. And then Phil Foden got a late, late third with a, a one-two with De Bruyne, who's come back in looking fully fit. And he looks really, really good. Really nice assist, extremely businesslike. Three close race finishes for Man City and it's job done, basically. I'd be extremely surprised if Copenhagen offer meaningful resistance in the second leg. Not because they're a poor side, they're not. They're a very good side. It's just that City... It's like one of the highest, if not the highest ranked team against the lowest ranked team in the knockouts. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, the only sad thing about that is it went, despite a brilliant effort from Copenhagen mm-hmm. and an outstanding goal from Martin, it went absolutely as expected when those teams yeah. are drawn yeah. out of the hat. Yeah, I think this will, you know, be a comprehensive win at home for City and they'll get through. Mm. No yeah. problem. Which is probably the least insightful analysis on anything ever in any genre of <laughs> the entire history of anything. Uh, let's jump to Leipzig because I feel like this game had talking points. Actually, I joked, I love, didn't I? I love this game. I love this game. I'm on the end of a two-day hangover because I played uh, the Danny Carvajal commits bookable offence, then points at the ball drinking game. I was fucking wasted after half an hour. You talk about being on one. You talk about, you know, that phrase you use, like just, somebody's Just to clarify, it wasn't a real drinking game. I didn't play that, but uh, hypothetical. Danny Carvajal game. was on one. You know when you have those wind-up toys and you can't, you have to just wait for them to stop before you can, like, you can't grab them? Yeah, in our back garden, you know when you have like, you put the hose on the tap in the back garden and then you turn up and you just let it, you just let it thrash around. That is exactly what Danny Carvalho was like <laughs> in the first half of this game. He was absolutely like, on one. He committed the foul Pure chaos. on Javi Simons. Yeah. Like he didn't flatten him. The only reason he didn't flatten him was because Javi Simons got catapulted in the air. Oh, God. And the ref yeah. Wade played, who, the other guy who was on one was the referee. The, talk about like, let it flow. My God. Right. This was like, this wasn't let it flow. This was just like, let it flow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, Chaos, the thing I found hilarious man. about this game, what was hilarious about it, and I, I said this, I think, in the chat, Camavinga was the only Rabbitwood player that was awake for the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Everyone else is asleep. Like, bless him, Camavinga running around, like making sure like, everyone's like, you know, if you've got your seatbelts on, if you've got this, if you've got that, have you got, if you, you're hydrated. Everyone's like, yeah, oh, come on, Eduardo, we're fine. It's like, no, it's going to be important later. Tony Cruz getting the ball. And if you look at the passing stats, they're a catfish because it's like, oh, Nigel Park completion. We all saw that pass to the middle of midfield. <laughs> the slack pass, <laughs> cannoned it off an opponent's ankle. We saw that. <laughs> you can imagine, imagine like all the Real Madrid legends sitting wherever they were in their boxes or in different parts of the world looking up going, what? Tony did that? Like it was so out of character. And Camavinga, the entire game, running around the first 20 minutes, just putting out 
all those tiny fires because the Leipzig press, RB Leipzig came out they were good, with real intensity. I thought they were really good. They were good. really good. They were really good, Ryan, the first 20 minutes and they came at Real Madrid and they weren't ready for it. And I think Real Madrid had this classic thing of last 16, um, the knockouts, they just haven't really got going. Uh, Bellingham's out. So Bram Diaz actually I thought was excellent actually in that kind of- Oh, his goal was amazing. The front I loved what he did. Look, th th this, is the, this is the sad thing about Real Madrid right now. The irony, the sad irony, for the longest time, there was not a role for a 10. And now you look at Isco, Odegaard, Pogba, James Rodriguez. <laughs> James Rodriguez, any of the 10s that have been offered those keys. And this is actually this is so interesting how 4-3-1-2, it's the perfect configuration for a 10. It's just amazing. It's like they, they've got Bram Diaz off the bench. They've got Arda Gula who plays mm. ride right, but can drop in as a 10. I can imagine him being in there. They've now got a really exciting setup. And Bram Diaz took that platform from Bellingham and was just wonderful. Even like the goal he scored had that kind of Bellingham element of just driving at the defence. Well, almost like, more like Bukayo Saka, actually, being honest. It was a very Bukayo Saka goal, gets yeah? The, gets the ball, like, tough, he's aggressive. He cuts in, he said, I looked up and I saw an opportunity for Vinicius because I thought, I'm intuitive, so I thought, I saw an opportunity, opened up. Bent it in the top corner. That was the game winner. <laughs> I was, I was, and then does the Jude celebration. I was going to be really Sorry, mean there. I was like, he looked up, he saw Vinicius and he heard Benzema 2021 be like, we can't pass to him. We can't pass <laughs> to him. He's not him. helping us, brother. He's not helping us, brother. <laughs> the journey Vinicius has been on at Real Madrid is yeah. really... It's the redemption, man. Fair play to him. He's Incredible. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, but yeah, yeah it's just popped up. No, no, no. But the Bram Diaz... Um, so Bram Diaz and Camavinga began the game as Real's best players and ended it as their best players. Mm. And there's no better compliment than that because they were up for this. And thank God they were because RB Leipzig got the goal in the, the, ball in the net uh, early on. Can we talk about you this? Know, can, I, can I be honest with you? The attacker should have got the hell out of the box, should have boxed out because he was the guy that was offside when he was behind um, Lunin. The moment he saw the ball coming back in, he should have ripped the sprint out to the 18-yard box. But I think it would have been given if he had done that. I actually have a theory about this. Mm. I think he interferes with play if he crosses past the keeper and is caught offside. I don't think there's enough time for him to get all the way out because the Real Madrid back line mm. like, gets out and they're not in time and they've got two or three yards on him. I don't think he gets out in time. And it's I the most think, self-worth he made in the first 15 minutes, yeah. yeah but I actually, I actually think, right. what, I think what happens if he, if he goes in front of Lunin, mm. he can then be deemed to be interfering like the line of the ball like in terms of the, mm. you know all this kind of stuff I think he's interfering with play more if he goes in front of Lunin than he is there there's this very that's very, funny because I felt like him being a presence he was just there he was in and around he gets this very very slight nudge on Lunin Lunin mm. it affects Lunin's ability to get to the ball in no way because it is miles away from him right mm. um, I did a quick quick search online, which as we know is obviously the best place to go for balanced football analysis, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, absolutely. and it seemed to me that every single Real Madrid fan thought that it was, it was obvious that it should have been given offside. What are you talking about? And uh, every single non-Real Madrid <laughs> fan couldn't believe that it was given offside. Mm. I think that if Lunin had made a genuine attempt to go to the ball and he'd blocked him, mm. then... Fair enough. But Lunin actually doesn't, he doesn't move. He doesn't go to the ball, really. No, no, he doesn't. He, doesn't, he knows doesn't. that it's so far away from him that he's getting, he's not getting there whether there's a player there or not, actually. Mm. Um, 
His pass to the ball isn't blocked, I don't think. That's fair. Um, but I can see, yeah, I wonder if it is a big what if because it came at a stage when RB Leipzig looked really, really good. And like I said, Rail weren't awake. Tesco is excellent throughout. I think we have to give Chouamani credit because he's basically a makeshift centre-back and played with impressive composure against one of the best young forwards in European football. That was a difficult, that was a difficult assignment Ancelotti gave him. If you look at how many centre-backs are out, the thing I like about this Real Madrid team, sorry, the thing I like about this Real Madrid team that I've said before is that you have like a, re- a core of players who will play anywhere if you ask them to. So you have Chiromani, you have Valverde, again, who was strong in this game. And you have Camavinga, who will just do anything and they don't care. I mean, that, that three in particular, that trio, I genuinely believe they don't care about stats. I genuinely believe, like Camavinga hasn't scored for like quite a while now. He hasn't scored almost 100 games. And someone remarked on it. I was like, well, yeah, but Camavinga is a good example of a player who if you said to him, we need 15 goals a season from you, he'll get you 20. It is absolutely not a priority for him and that's why he doesn't do it. But yeah, Real Madrid, the unselfishness and the ability just to get the thing done. Mm. Really impressive in this game. But 1-0 was a fair, I think it was a fair outcome. Um, they could have got a second. There was a great counter they ran. Uh, Bram Diaz ran a great counter. Vinicius took it past the last man, poked it against the bottom of the post. I think 2-0 would have been a bit harsh for RB Leipzig. Yeah, still no wins this calendar year apart from the Union game for Leipzig. Mm. Very bad run of form. Uh, yeah. Can they go to the Bernabeu and get anything? Honestly, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, if I'm in my gut, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I just think Real have too much and they're edging into a kind of groove now. Even that sort of slightly sleepy first 20 minutes, I was like, that's just what they do. Mm. That's just what they do at the beginning of a knockout stage. That's just Real. I swear I saw Real Madrid over there by the, no, by the snowdrift. No, no, you're sure? I'm, no, I'm pretty sure I saw them. No, <laughs> you no, know, like, when, sure. um, <laughs> that, that really famous um, meme where that person looks out their window and finds two raccoons and they just kind of freeze. <laughs> like Real Madrid have been spotted and they're like, don't move, don't move. Don't move, act, nor- act normal, Kevin, act normal. Like, guys, you're wearing your black kit, we can see you. It's like, don't move, don't move. It's a trick, it's a trick. <laughs> I love that blackout, actually. It's great, know. man. It's great, yeah. Um, all right, so Champions League done. Oh, actually, mm. no, one more thing from the Real... That was what I was going to say from the uh, RB leipzig Real Madrid game. Let's play everyone's favourite game. What minute did Danny Carvajal get booked in? Oh, don't do this to me. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we all saw that first half. We all saw that first half. 57. 66 minutes. Right, because he get away with it to the last minute possible. Of course he did. Amazing. <sighs> the ability of that man to disappear when the cards come out is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I don't know how he does it. Absolutely no idea. Like a chaos merchant, an absolute chaos merchant. He makes Casemiro look obvious. He you does. Know, he really does. It's unbelievable, yeah, does. but maybe... Um... Do you, know, do you know how he gets away with it? I've got theory. Because I think that booking him is lowbrow. I think that it's, I think that when you go over to him, you're about to take a card out and he looks, he says, ref, really? Oh yeah, the obvious choice. Yeah, of course, book Carvel. Yeah, of course, because everyone does that. I mean, come on. Like, like almost like a hipster thing of like, really? It's too obvious. 
So, oh my god, he's so obvious. Oh, oh my god, it's oh, so, wow, so what obvious. Is this? 2018. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what? That would be so good if the, ref, if the ref goes over to book him. Danny, Danny, come here. Oh, what? Oh, what is this? 2018. Oh, really? Oh, who do you think you are, Leos? Oh, oh. just shame the ref. Like, <laughs> I would love to hear some of the some of the strategies that players use to swerve cars because I do, I, I firmly believe that the hipster approach is part of it. Because also, like I've said this before. There's a ton of dudes in Berlin that look like Carver Hal and Bernardo Silva. There's like identical dudes that look like that. And I really can believe the hipster approach to bookings. That's what it is. Listen, man, Carver Hal did the, the same trick that all those dudes in Berlin do. He just wore all black and just hoped that no one fucking noticed him. Just no one, <laughs> no one like, noticed. That's it. Just... <laughs> uh, before we go, we got a great yes. email that I want to read out from someone. Oh, wow. From okay. Sam Holton. Sam said, mm. transfer announcements. Oh my God. Hey fellas, I'm a long time listener and been waiting for the right time to email in and I believe I've found it. Sam, I believe you have as well. Sam says, I'm a Brighton fan and I've been up to date on the recent transfer news. New signing, Ibrahim Osman had had this to say, as you all know, I will be joining the esteemed Brighton family in the summer. A thrilling adventure awaits where I shall soar like a majestic seagull, embracing boundless horizons of possibility. Incredible. <laughs> Sam said, something ghost written by Musa, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Hook that to my veins. <laughs> Following this artistry, I wondered what transfer announcements would be on your socials when you decide to majestically soar onwards. All the best, Sab. I love that so much. I love that. So Musa, you just signed somewhere. Where, what's, your, uh, what's your transfer announcement? I mean, don't tempt me. It wouldn't be an email. No, no. What's your online? What would your tweet? What would your tweet be or Instagram post? What my tweet be? Um, it's funny because you use the you use the seagulls, and I my favorite bird is actually the condor. Okay, it's the condor actually. So I think there might be there might be actually some form of there might be a bird reference. But so if I left these aisles, if I went to what, to a club, if I went to a football club. Yeah, yeah. Like you basically, I don't know. You in your hypothetical career, you've just left your. You just left your club and you're going somewhere else, you know? I'm so dramatic. I'd probably set sail though, knowing me. I'd probably get a boat, wouldn't I? I think set sail. No, dude, you are a, a Come on, no, this no. is your time. You are a writer. You are a writer. You are a fellow of the Royal Society of Literature. A fellow of <laughs> Like, <laughs> I think I would probably have, I'd probably like something pretentious. It's, it's, knowing me, it's something pretentious. So probably like a Shakespeare soliloquy. Oh, wow. Probably like, I'd probably nick some, yeah, I'd probably just like take something from Macbeth. Oh. And consider, yeah, the existential nature of departure. Oh, wow. You know, what does this all mean? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Probably with, probably clutching, probably clutching a dagger in my hand. Oh, okay, that took a turn. <laughs> Taking a dagger to my previous career, my previous allegiances. I'd probably do something like that. Yeah, so something, something Shakespearean. How about yourself? I think I'd just post this. Yo, man, I'm out, bro. <laughs> 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 that will never get that's that's one of the greats if you don't know what that is it was a tiktok that ian was he was leaving i think he was leaving recording one day and he was on his bike and he was just like yo man i'm out bro 
Later, man. Was he on his bike? Or was it <laughs> he was, was on his bike? He was on, no, he's on his bike yeah. leaving the <laughs> leaving the studio. I'm out, bro. Perfect. But actually, this is another thing. This is another conversation for another podcast. But nailing your exit. I think, weirdly enough, the best exit, the best exit of all, was Jose Mourinho leaving Inter Milan to go to Real Madrid after winning the treble, including the Champions League. When he's in the car and he's about to leave, and it's it's dark. And he's about to go, then he comes out, sees Matarazzi, cries, hugs him, gets back in the vehicle and is gone. That actually, I don't think Mourinho has ever topped that. I don't think any manager's ever topped that. I think that's the most dramatic departure that we've seen from a club. So, yeah. It was just, it was, it had like, just had everything, the history of Inter, conquering Europe with that sort of last chance saloon team and then going to Real Madrid to fight against Pep and that Barcelona that's still the great that that for me is the most epic departure yeah so there you go you would post that. you would post something very eloquent and I'd just post Ian saying I'm out bro <laughs> we contain multitudes should we get out of here let's do it alright everyone let's do it we hope everyone stay safe stay well don't forget to check the Stadio Ultras playlist on Spotify. Speaking of which, playing out on part four by Shaka Zulu. Anything you'd like to add, Musokwonga? Nothing further. All right, everyone. Much love. Have a lovely weekend. And Moose and I will be back with you on Monday. See you then. Mm-hmm.